10 popular myths busted today on the chicken, broccoli, pizza, and deadlifts podcast for a balanced, healthy lifestyle. My name is Vicki Bucken. I'm the owner of Port City Training and Fitness and also a transformation specialist. And today I'm going to tackle 10 myths that are pervasive in the industry and are ultimately holding you back from achieving your goals. This is the bane of my existence because women everywhere have this long-held belief that number one, weightlifting makes women bulky. And I'm calling bullshit. It's garbage. It is not true. And here's why. When you're eating at the proper calorie amount, so eating enough food, you will not get bulky. If you're eating at a calorie deficit, you will not get bulky. It is physically impossible unless you have some massive hormonal disturbance or you're taking performance enhancing substances, AKA steroids, AKA the general population of females does not generally do this. So weightlifting, what it actually does, provided that your food is in line, is it tones your muscles, it makes them denser and more compact. It also gives you those curves that you're always looking for and makes sure that everything is nice and tight as opposed to just losing weight without exercise, without strength training, and just reducing the size of your body but not necessarily changing your shape. So I just wish that people would let go of this myth. It is very hard for a woman to put on a major amount of muscle without really, really, really trying. Like even bodybuilding competitors and bikini level, the least muscular level of bodybuilding, they have to go through great lengths to actually add a fair amount of muscle. So please, please, please don't let this hold you back. The biggest predictor of your results is going to be your food intake. And as long as that's in line, you're going to be okay. Now, sometimes people have a situation where they have a layer of fat, a significant layer of fat over top of their muscles. So sometimes that can be a symptom of eating too much for your goals. So then your fat increases and your muscle mass increases a little bit and you may get that bulky look that people are talking about. But again, if you are doing everything the way you're supposed to be doing it, which is pretty simple if you follow the steps that I lay out in my challenge programs as well as my continuing programs, you will be fine. This will not be an issue for you. So I hope that puts it to bed for you. If not, then you can always just send me a message and I'm happy to discuss it further. But we're going to move on to number two, and this is another hot topic because keto is all the rage right now and I'm not saying that it's bad. I'm saying that, you know, not every single diet is the right diet for you and you need to figure out what's optimal for you. But that being said, number two, the myth is carbs make you gain weight. And this kind of brings us back to myth number one. Myth number one is the whole weightlifting makes women bulky, but then I pointed it towards diet. So it's the same thing with carbs. It's not an excess of carbs. It's an excess of energy. So if you're eating too much, the scale is going to go up. If it's carbs, protein, fat, whatever, it doesn't matter which one it is. If you're eating too much, the scale is going to go up. If you're eating less than you need, the scale is going to go down. If you're eating exactly what you need on average, the scale is going to stay the same. It has nothing to do whether it's carbs or protein or fat. So get it out of your head that carbs are the devil. Carbs can really help you as long as you are eating at the right calorie deficit or 
calorie balance depending on what your goals might be. So carbs are not the enemy. Stop saying that. Generally speaking, if you feel bloated and gross, it's because you ate half a pizza. It's not because you ate some whole wheat toast <laughs> with your two eggs in the morning. So stop it. Number three, this is a good uh, myth as well. So it kind of all ties together and you'll see kind of a pattern emerging here. So you have to quote unquote, eat clean. So clean and dirty foods. Food is food. You shouldn't really label it. And it's the same thing with like food doesn't have any morality attached to it. We're obsessed with good foods, bad foods, and you know, junk food and good food and all these things we assign almost like a moral value to it, which is completely wrong. You should be able to enjoy things in moderation in the sense that it makes sense for your diet. So if you want to have ice cream, you go ahead and have ice cream. You just make sure you work it into your week. Um, so eating clean, meaning like, you know, the chicken and broccoli brigade. And you'll notice that the title of this podcast is chicken, broccoli, pizza, deadlifts. So I believe that everything has its place. I believe that you should not restrict yourself to the point where you go over the edge and end up going in the complete opposite direction. You can incorporate some treats without blowing your diet. You just have to be smart about it. And there's totally ways to do that. Just because you have some goals doesn't mean that you have to give up, you know, your treat foods, but you will have to be strategic about it. Let's move on to number four. So here's number four on my 10 myths busted list. So steady state cardio is bad for you. No, it's not. Um, let me explain. You do need different modalities of exercise in order to be optimally fit. So steady state cardio, lower intensity stuff, like taking a walk, hopping on a treadmill, elliptical trainer, anything like that that's done at a steady state for a certain period of time is not bad for you. It's actually really good for your cardiovascular health. In my gym, we do a lot of conditioning circuits and high intensity interval training, interval training, pyramid training, all these things where you're switching things on and off really quickly, which is great, but you still need that steady state cardio. There's a reason why cardiologists say take 10,000 steps a day. It's because it's good for you, it's good for your cardiovascular markers, and it does burn calories, just like high-intensity interval training or circuit training or anything like that. So don't discount it. It's just look for ways to incorporate it into your week. I'm not saying that you have to do it every day, but you do want a good mix of things between your steady-state cardio, your interval training or higher-intensity training, as well as your strength training. So all those three things are important in becoming a well-rounded, fit individual. So don't discount the steady-state cardio. It is not going to make you skinny fat. That is oftentimes to do with not doing anything other than just straight-up cardio all day, all night, all the time. So number five, and this one's another one that's very hard to shake. It's women need 1,200 calories or less a day. That is also not true. If you are fully sedentary, yes, you're gonna get less calories than someone who is very active or someone who's more active than you. So there are calculators for this. You do not need to relegate yourself to eating 1200 calories a day to see the things move in the right direction. Um, if you have hormonal disturbances or you know, you're going through hypothyroidism, things like that, that can hit you up a little bit, but 1200 calories is sufficient for someone who's quite small. Um, the average woman, it can be a wide range of calorie intake, depending on where you're starting, what your body composition is, what your weight is, and what your activity level is. So don't think that you have to suffer through eating only 1200 calories a day because you can achieve results eating much more. If you have questions about that, I am happy to 
explain what I'm talking about, but that's a thing of the past. Like I've seen women eating, you know, 1800 to 2000 calories a day, no problem. And still seeing things move in the right direction. So there is hope. Do not panic. You don't have to starve yourself to get results. So number six is another interesting one. And this is very pervasive in the um, bodybuilding community um, and also in the fitness industry that you have to eat six meals a day. You don't necessarily have to do that. And here's why we are wired to actually go without food for periods of time. So you're better off to eat less frequently, larger meals and avoid snacking. That is the name of the game. That's what I would suggest for you. Um, and just go by how you feel. Maybe you're someone who does enjoy eating six times a day. If that's you and you like doing the meal prep and all that stuff, awesome. At the end of the day, it's energy in versus energy out. And that's going to determine your outcome for the most part. So whether you eat six meals a day, three meals a day, two meals a day, if you do intermittent fasting where you only eat eight hours a day, um, it's going to be very important to pay attention to what your totals are. Because if you don't pay attention to what your totals are, you might end up eating too much. And that is not exactly what we're going for here. Or you might be eating too little. It depends on what the situation is. So don't think that you have to eat six meals a day to get results. You can do two meals, four meals, three meals. It's whatever works for your schedule and helps you stay compliant. Now, if you are a professional athlete and you are training for the Olympics, then maybe don't listen to me, go listen to your coach. But for the general fitness enthusiast or people that are trying to improve their health, you don't have to eat six times a day to be healthy. So just figure out what works for your schedule and work with like the total amount of food per day, total amount of food per week. Those are the numbers that you need to be paying attention to. The only thing I would say is try to avoid eating really late at night only because it could disturb your sleep. There's nothing magical about meal timing unless, again, you're an athlete and then you shouldn't be here. You should be listening to your, to your coach that you hired for thousands of dollars. But I'm telling you, don't stress so much on the meal timing or the number of meals that you are eating. All right, let's move on to number seven, the doctor's weight chart. So that's always a fun trip to the doctor when they pop you on the scale and they're like, oh, you're a little higher than you should be according to my weight chart. The doctor's weight chart isn't necessarily applicable across the board. It is a guide at best on what you should weigh for your height and age and gender. So with that, I would say take it with a grain of salt. I don't really believe in subscribing to people's ideal weights. I'm more focused on things like body composition and how the person is feeling and how their clothes fit and things that are more like that. Yes, we need metrics, but don't let a chart in your doctor's office make you feel bad because it is so static and it doesn't account for a lot of different things, which rolls into number eight because these two really should have been together now that I think of it because they go hand in hand. The BMI chart, the body mass index chart. So. If you do any appreciable amount of training, that chart is going to tell you that you are obese because you are going to be dense and compact and you're going to weigh more at the same size as someone who does not do all that exercise and strength training. So they're less muscular, so they're lighter. They might wear the same pant size, but their body composition is completely different and they might uh, weigh less than you by 20 pounds. So can you see where you run into trouble with the BMI chart? you're going to be denser, you're going to be heavier, and that is normal and okay because you're athletic. So 
don't think that the BMI chart is something to put any worth into. I would focus on body fat percentage. Body composition is king when you're looking at results, especially if you are training. If you are not training, BMI might be just fine as a measure, but I think body fat percentage is more important than BMI. So don't let it stress you out. Number nine, the perfect diet. Everybody wants the perfect diet. Everybody wants to know what I'm supposed to eat when and how much and what foods to eat and what foods to avoid and all this crap. And you know what? It's all bullshit. Here's what is the perfect diet for you. It's the one that you can continue with for an extended period of time. Something that is sustainable, something that you enjoy, something that allows you to enjoy yourself and not feel restricted. That is the perfect diet. And that might mean that you practice intermittent fasting. That mean that might mean that you track macros. It might mean a number of things. So don't get hung up on the perfect diet because it doesn't really exist and that's gonna vary person to person. So you have to figure out what works for you. Personally, I like flexible dieting, which means that you are focusing on, you know, protein, fats, carbs, fiber, certain amount of calories and trying to run averages. So that way you can work in a dinner out or, you know, if you want ice cream, you can have it. You work it in. Nothing's off limits. Can't feel guilty about food if it's not bad, right? And I don't do the good and bad with food. So that's what works for me. That's what works for a large number of my clients, but that may not be what works for you. You might want to, you know, focus on strictly whole foods and maybe that makes you happy. Maybe that works for you. That's great. But there is no such thing as a perfect diet. You have to figure out through trial and error what's going to work for you. And that's what I strive to do with my clients is making sure that they are happy, they are fed, they are feeling like they can sustain what they're doing for a long period of time. That's the end game less stress, right? And easier to maintain your weight. And that brings us to our final myth for today. So the myth of the magic pill. We all wish it existed. I wish it existed. If it did exist, I would sell it and I would make a gazillion dollars and buy an island and disappear. Honest to goodness. I mean, you wouldn't even hear me on this podcast. You wouldn't see me on Facebook. None of that. I would seriously sell it and be done with it and I'd be like super ripped, eat whatever I want and it wouldn't even matter. So the whole thing is, is that it doesn't exist. Marketing companies and supplement companies and all these people that are looking to empty your wallets want you to believe that there is a magic pill or a secret diet or something super special and secret that just makes it so easy so easy to reach your goals without having to change your diet, change your lifestyle, change your habits, incorporate exercise. That is a multi-billion dollar industry in itself and it's frightening because what happens is if you chase this magic pill, so you go on a diet or you start taking the supplement, you clean up your diet and you lose a bunch of weight, then you crash and burn and then you go back the other way, start gaining all that weight again and you end up heavier than when you started and then the cycle starts again. You're on to the next thing. So it's kind of like a yo-yo. So you go up and down and up and down and up and down, but the ups are always higher than where you started and then suddenly 10 years from now, you're 50 pounds heavier than you were 10 years ago when you first started dieting because you're trying to do this magic pill thing and it's not fucking working and now you're overweight you're tired you're exhausted your knees hurt your back hurts your blood pressure's too high your doctor's at you about changing your lifestyle and 10 years 50 pounds 
Could you imagine if that industry was completely illegal and that we had to learn how to feed ourselves and we had to learn how to move our bodies and that that stuff would be like, you know, lawsuit, lawsuit, lawsuit. Because I mean, really, at the end of the day, this magic pill myth indirectly is killing people. And I know that's really heavy and dramatic, but think about it. If you think about what they profit off of, they profit off of you getting heavier and heavier and heavier because you're going to keep buying the next thing, buying the next thing, buying the next thing, blaming yourself that you couldn't stick to it, blaming yourself because you're not strong-willed enough. And it's just the system is designed to fail. It's designed to fail you so that you spend more money trying to fix the problem, and it's a vicious cycle. So focus on sustainable nutrition. This is what I'm going to leave you with. Focus on sustainable nutrition focus on a sustainable exercise routine and enjoy your life. Don't restrict yourself too much and keep an eye on those numbers and just be reasonable with your expectations. We all want to lose 10 pounds yesterday, but it just, it's not realistic. We have to give ourselves grace, treat ourselves with compassion and just keep all of these things in mind. So just fine tune that bullshit detector whenever you're reading about a new supplement because if it's too good to be true it probably is if you want to get in touch you can find me at port city training and fitness limited online or you can also find me i do have a free facebook group it's called secrets of fitness and optimal fat loss it's a group that you can search publicly and then you just have to answer a couple questions and i'll let you in have a most excellent week and we'll chat again soon Thank you.